of a captivating and sometimes ridiculous galaxy far, far away. I'm Europa Tokani, and we are back. I'm here with my co-host for a special festive bonus episode. Hi, I'm Loya Rowan. Happy belated life day. We gather to celebrate a day of peace, a day of harmony, a day of joy we can all share together, joyously, to live, to laugh, to dream, to grow to trust, to love, to be. Ah, the infamous Star Wars holiday special. Let's do this. Okay, it's time now for a very special holiday cantina corner. Like every episode, Loya and I are each choosing what is usually a Star Wars-themed cocktail to enjoy during our sleepover. We've discovered it's very difficult to find cocktails that are both holiday and Star Wars themed. So real. I don't really have a Star Wars cocktail. Like it has nothing to do with Star Wars. It's just holiday themed. But it is a winter spice old fashioned. The recipe is from nibbleandnest.com. And it is bourbon or rye i chose rye because as i referenced in previous episodes i recently discovered rye and (laughs) have been going through the bottle pretty quickly (laughs) and i made a brown sugar spiced simple syrup from the recipe that includes some orange zest some dried cranberries cloves ginger cinnamon it smelled amazing while i was making it earlier so i am excited to try it it is very good mm-hmm. i was worried that the syrup was going to be overwhelming mm-hmm. but i think because it is brown sugar it's like a little bit more mellow it's not super sweet That's and good. i get all those spices so i think it is a very appropriate holiday again if not star wars drink Excellent. I'm going to have to save that for our holidays later this month. I actually opted for a Star Wars themed drink in lieu of a holiday Star Wars themed drink. Although I guess it has Irish cream in it, which is kind of festive for the season. So I chose the Far, Far Away drink made by Landmark Theater's Harbor East, um, which is in Maryland. I've not been to Maryland. Uh, And reported by the Baltimore Sun. And it is vanilla vodka, Irish cream, and Kahlua. There's no recipe specifically, so I just kind of winged it. And I was too cheap to buy vanilla vodka because I'm never going to drink it. So I used vodka and vanilla schnapps instead. The vanilla schnapps are from my grandmother who passed away in 2012. (laughs) So we'll see how long vanilla schnapps schnapps can last. Um, Vanilla schnapps. All right, and it looks like it kind of separated out, so uh, do I have a pen or something that I can use to stir this? <laughs> Hang on. So, yes, vanilla schnapps, and I'm stirring it because it's separated out da, 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 with a pen, because that's normal. All right. Sorry, Darth Brooks. I know you like that pen. Oh, my God. It's been a while since I had Irish cream. This used to be my go-to drink in college. 
I don't know if you remember those days. Of course you remember those days. <laughs> of course um, I do. When <laughs> Bailey's was literally the only thing you drank and it, you would get drunk on Bailey's. Okay. Which I don't know how. In my defense, Bailey's was usually my starter drink. And so it goes through like a few sh- like mixers of Bailey's or, you know, Bailey's on ice. And then I would transition to like tequila, which in hindsight is like disgusting. This is amazing. It brings me back to those days. Not that they were that great, but... <laughs> This drink tastes amazing. Apparently the vanilla schnapps does not go bad. <laughs> What's really scary too is like my grandmother as of 2012 had stopped drinking. So I have no idea how old this bottle is. At a guess, it would probably be like, I mean, she didn't even drink vanilla schnapps when she did drink. She was like a white Zinfandel person. So like, who knows how long she had had that bottle, but tastes fine. We'll see if I feel fine tomorrow. <laughs> well, let's hope so. And <laughs> <laughs> cheers to Life Day and your grandmother's minimum eight-year-old <laughs> vanilla schnapps. Cheers. And now we come to that point in our episode for the mouse droid segment. And to start, the reaction episodes that we're not actually doing. We had mentioned, I think, in our last episode that we were going to do reaction episodes to The Mandalorian. And we decided not to, which I feel great about because I've had it's been a mixed bag for me. It's been a mixed bag. Well, we'll talk a little bit more specifically about The Mandalorian in a second. But yeah, uh, I think we did promise those. So I apologize that we did not actually record them and it really was for a combination of things i really have liked this up this season but i know loya has again felt mixed towards it and we also i think initially just wanted to enjoy the mandalorian and maybe come back to it at a future point and talk about it but as a whole as yeah, a as a whole, not necessarily as the series is actually being released. And then just real life stuff happened. <laughs> so, some I don't know, there were just interruptions and it all kind of just came together to make us make the decision not to do the reaction episode. So, I mean, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian a little bit now and i'm sure we'll return to it but and also sky talkers right has yes reaction episodes so if you really feel compelled go to them i've actually been listening to their reaction episodes i am a big fan of their podcast anyway but i was behind and hadn't been listening to them as the episodes had been coming out and I'm caught up now and like it's just added so much they have such good analysis and discussion so definitely recommend checking them out if you do want a Mandalorian recap and analysis I know we only have two episodes left at this point and I actually have not watched the new episode as we're recording this it's December 11th so the new episode is out, but I'm going to have to wait until tomorrow. So, yep. yeah, definitely check Sky Talkers out if you want some more Mandalorian content. Yes. And now we will get into 
our reactions so far right now. So what are your thoughts so far? So I have really been liking this season. I actually, although I enjoyed The Mandalorian last season, I wasn't super into it like some people were. A lot of people I knew were like, this is the best thing that has come out of Star Wars in so long. And like, just thought it was amazing. And again, I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but I feel like this, season has been a lot stronger and I feel like I've just been enjoying it more I don't know exactly why I think maybe it just has a better sense of itself and where it's going and I think it is a lot stronger with the relationship between Din and Grogu now we have a name for him and I'm enjoying that seeing that develop I'm liking the kind of more mythical aspects that are coming into it and trying to figure out where Grogu belongs. I like them expanding into the larger galaxy, but I do also worry about that because we've had so many Clone Wars characters introduced this season. And, like, good thing we just watched Clone Wars. Yep. But... It's it's been kind of mixed for me in that aspect. I didn't love the episode that introduced Ahsoka. And I don't know how much of that was influenced by her being played by Rosario Dawson and the troubling allegations that have been made against her and her family in regards to a transphobic attack. But, and they were withdrawn, right? The allegations. Yeah, the allegations yeah. were withdrawn. All of the allegations against Rosario Dawson were withdrawn. The only allegation that was not was, I believe, one of physical assault against her mom. Mm. So, obviously, I don't know what the situation actually was there. But I know it's been troubling for fans who really love Ahsoka and now kind of have this association with seeing her in the Mandalorian, especially trans fans of Star Wars. So I don't know. It's very complicated. And on top of that, I just did not love her portrayal of Ahsoka. So we'll talk also about announcements that were just made recently, but not sure how I feel there. I did really enjoy seeing Bo-Katan because she was a character that I really liked in the Clone Wars. So I was excited to see her. <laughs> I'll let you talk about her. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, I have this thing with the actress. I don't know why. And so it was a little bit of a struggle for me in that episode. I, I wish I had like to stand on early don't. Um, <laughs> aside from like Longmire. <laughs> So she was in Longmire and I didn't like her character and that kind of like carried over in a very personal manner. And I feel bad because that's not what I like to do. And I went on a rant about that in regards to like the personal aspect of like portraying characters. (sighs) But I was not a fan of that. No. No. Yeah. I mean, that's all I could think of when I saw her because we had had a conversation uh, about 
Katie Sackhoff because you were like, oh, if Bo-Katan is in this season of The Mandalorian, I really hope that she's not played by Katie Sackhoff because I hate her. But I never I asked you specifically why. And I was just like, but why does Leia hate her? I need to ask her. I don't her. know. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Because, like, I shouldn't. And it goes against all of my principles, really. I mean, I, I have strong feelings, obviously. But, like, I try to keep things not personal. Like I, I was just keep the good like flashing back to my conversation about like hating Christensen and not liking hating Christensen, but I would never like, you know, and I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't like specifically say like you're a terrible person for like portraying this because I don't like your portrayal, et cetera, et cetera. But it was it was rough for me. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't I guess I won't say anything more yet because i think we're going to talk a little bit about the most recent episode but how yes. or maybe we can segue into that because you can talk about how you're feeling at this point in the season i'm feeling better so initially uh this episode these the season not episodes have been a struggle for me like i feel like it's kind of in a sophomore slump and like in contrast, I liked the first season considerably more than I initially liked this season. Um, wasn't a huge fan of the Book of Tan episode. Wasn't a huge fan of the Frog Lady and her journey. Like, I just felt, felt like that was, like, very uneven in tone. And I wasn't thrilled with Grogu eating unfertilized eggs of a refugee who's trying to get her husband so she thinking the eggs can be fertilized. But did you like Frog Lady herself? She was okay, I guess. Interesting. I feel like Frog Lady was like, <laughs> from what I saw, universally loved. That's so interesting. Like, to me, I just had no strong feelings about her one way or another. I also felt like the lady on um, Tatooine, just like that actress went from being totally fine in the first season to being super awkward in the seconds, and I don't know why. She, I mean, she is, that's, like, her thing, is being very awkward, so... But it got weirder. it wasn't even worse, honestly. I don't know. It got... I don't know. It seems... It was more like she was acting like Gina Oh, so, so you're suggesting that it was unintentional? <laughs> By yeah. comparing her to Gina Carano. Okay, so yeah, I felt like it was like unintentionally bad acting on her parts, which might be unfair. Maybe that was deliberate, but it was more awkward than last time. It made me very hugely aware that she was an actress in those episodes. Episode, and then I did not care for the way the Tuscan Raiders were portrayed in the first episode. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Timothy Oliphant. And I was initially very thrilled about that. But then, like, I read an article that, like, compared the, their portrayal to, like, how Native Americans are portrayed in film. And that was very accurate and annoyed me. So I wasn't thrilled with that first episode. But this last episode? What the? Like, Boba Fett. I don't like Boba Fett. I mean, I could tell you before I watched this, I was not a fan of Boba Fett and not in the least because he was supposed to have killed Cad Bane in a deleted scene in Clone Wars. But also just because like the hair, like, you know, the braids, like he, you know, the insistence that he didn't die in the Sarlacc pit, et cetera, et cetera. It just kind of annoyed me. 
in this, this last episode, he was amazing. I loved him. I loved him. I was like, I could, I'm down with this entire episode. I'm down with this teamwork. I will happily watch this trio go after Grogu. No problem. So. I have said on this podcast <laughs> that yeah. Boba Fett was my least favorite Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. And I 100% would have stuck by that until I watched that episode. Yeah. And I was like, as I was watching, I was just like, oh my God. Why is he so cool? Like Boba Fett now? Like what happened? I would never in a million years have thought that I would actively like Boba Fett. Yep. Same. Same. And I loved him. I was like, seriously, I spent most of the episode being very concerned he was going to die. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening to me. Like... Something about the armor and, like, him being so old and then, like, the kind of, like, paunch <laughs> where the armor ended. I loved it. I loved it. I loved People all were it. body shaming Boba Fett. I don't think that's awful. fair. It's I not. not that's fair. I, I enjoyed that. Like, I liked the fact that, like, you know, he's not however old he was when he went down that Sarlacc pit. <laughs> The fact he went to such trouble to get his armor back, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I was excited but, to see the assassin again. Yeah, I know. I was glad that she was still alive. Although I don't understand how her mechanical abdomen works. Heart and lungs, man. I was all over this. I was like, oh, she's just like... <laughs> Brea? <laughs> yeah. She has artificial heart and lungs, except in this case, it's probably like intestines and stomach and kidneys and liver. And But see, heart and lungs, I could see. But how do you have like a mechanical digestive system? I don't know. That bothered me. It was cool. Don't get I was me there wrong. For that, yeah. day, I, it was cool. But then two seconds later, I was like, how does that work? I mean, I guess if the sole purpose of a digestive system is to absorb nutrients and expel waste, it actually makes a lot of sense. You would just have kind of like a abbreviated system. So she would just have to eat a lot because like I'm assuming her stomach might not be included in that. It might just be her intestines. And so like her stomach would digest some of the nutrients and then presumably there'd be mechanical extraction of other nutrients and then exploration of waste. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But yeah, like here's the thing: I did not want Boba Fett to be in the Mandalorian. No, like I absolutely was very upset not. When you told me that he was in episode one. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah. that is not Boba Fett. <laughs> when Cobb Vance showed up and was in boba fett's armor i was like oh thank god it's not boba fett like boba fett is gone and then he showed up at the end of the episode and i was just like oh no but i have to say i have to go back on that because they introduced him in a way that he was interesting there were a lot of comments about how this episode showed how and why boba fett is a badass Mm-hmm. more than 40 years Literally of other anything content. else. And yeah. it's true. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm on board with Boba Fett now. I, yeah. I like, I love when shows and movies and characters surprise me like that, where I'm just like not into it or I'm indifferent. And then 
something happens to make me love them. So I really appreciated that. Me too. I was there for all of that. I was, I'm committed to his story arc now. Um, I'm thrilled that he's continuing to travel with Mando. And I'm also excited that the assassin's going to be along with her for the ride too. Cause she's amazing. Sniping is so underrated. I love snipers. I love snipers. Like <laughs> seeing her in action just really made me want to play a shooter, a first person shooter or a third person shooter. Just missing me some sniping action. So yeah, I, I'm excited to watch the last two episodes. <laughs> what we knew was going to happen at some point happened, and Grogu has been taken. I had a nightmare about <gasps> dark you troopers. did not. Oh my god, I did. We have to talk about those guys though because I was laughing. I'm not going to lie when they showed up because it was just like I, I I deliberately paid attention to the credits afterwards. Not that I don't normally, but like I was like, this is a John Favreau episode, isn't it? And it was because it was just like so reminiscent of Iron Man when yeah. they showed up they're like with yeah. their hands and I'm just like yeah yep. I had that thought too I was like this is this doesn't look very Star Wars this looks very Marvel yes however apparently they scared me on a subconscious <laughs> level maybe it was because they took Grogu and I just like couldn't handle it I was very my sister-in-law was also very upset and I was like weirdly unfazed I don't know why yeah, I like teared up and I, <laughs> I was watching with my husband because my husband likes the Mandalorian for some reason and has been watching I it and I was just like oh my god I'm so sad and he was just like okay like I was devastated but I had so interesting that night that I was at a theme park and they had some sort of show that involved <laughs> like the dark troopers basically where the, it was similar to the episode they were like being dropped out of planes i guess or drones <laughs> and were flying towards the ground and i saw them coming and then like they landed and i was trying to swipe a key card to get back into my hotel room because i was freaked <laughs> out and i was just thinking like this is too much like the, the, they sh- I know that they want to be cutting edge, but they shouldn't be using this technology. Like, they shouldn't be going this far. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Like, I was like, this is military technology. Like, this shouldn't be it's Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. Maybe it was, like, the Iron Man vibes. Yeah. Exactly. I, that's exactly what I thought when you're, like, military grade. I'm like, Iron Man? Iron Man military grade? Yeah. No, I think I think watching Grogu eat those eggs has, like fundamentally changed my opinion of him like I'm not as committed I'm not I'm kind of I'm ambivalent towards him now even though he still remains adorably cute I'm just like "Mm, I don't know but how can you not (laughs) like melt when now that Din knows his name when he says Grogu like all the little sounds that he makes and like he's so happy (laughs) Is he happy or is he just reacting? I don't trust him anymore. I think my trust has been like irrevocably broken. We'll see. I feel like he learned when he saw the tadpole that he shouldn't have been eating them. See, I thought for sure it was going to cut away at that episode that he was going to eat that tadpole and I was going to like flip out. But then he didn't. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, I hope that you come back around to Grogu. 
<laughs> See, again, like, I don't even know what that is. Like, here I am judging this, like, 50-year-old baby for poor impulse control. I think they just like my bad guys to be, like, very aware and, like, indifferent to being evil versus being, like, I don't know, unaware and hungry. I don't know. <laughs> I also have started watching Rebels. I'm actually about halfway through it now, and I absolutely love it. It's so good. I just love all the characters. I was talking to Loya and telling her that I feel like it's like much more <laughs> her thing as well. Like it's all about mm-hmm. kind of a found family that is a crew and about their relationships and that's something that we both really like yes in addition (laughs) sorry (laughs) i just like the period that it's set in better like prior to the galactic civil war i like the mythic elements that it has and that it involves jedi i mean (laughs) i say that like the clone wars didn't involve jedi it did but Mm -hmm. It's just it's in a much different sense. And I also just cannot overstate the fact that it does not physically hurt my brain to yeah. watch Rebels. Part of the reason that I struggled with Clone Wars, honestly, was that the animation style just I had a really hard time visually focusing on it and I felt like when I watched it all I was seeing was like polygons and geometric (laughs) shapes that didn't resolve into you were on New Mandalore (laughs) yeah like I was just on New Mandalore all the time (laughs) and it was very difficult so it feels so good to watch Rebels and just be able to absorb it and not like look at it and have it be like abstract and just be like I don't know what's happening. So <laughs> it's been great. I'm really looking forward to watching the rest, and I'm really looking forward to discussing it next season. Me too. I've not started it, but I'm excited to start, especially given the fact it doesn't hurt your head. <laughs> <laughs> so do we want to talk about the updates? Because I just realized something. Yeah. If there are ten different shows coming out, then Cad Bane could totally show up in one of those, (laughs) which remains my hope. So, yeah, you were listening to the Investors Call? The Investors Call. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am a very normal person. Yesterday, (laughs) Disney had their, I guess they called it their Investors Day, and it was literally a four-hour event. It was all virtual because of COVID, and they were live-streaming it, although they did not allow some of the clips to be shown on the public live stream. So they would be like, this new show is coming out. Here's a sneak peek. And then <laughs> just show. And this is like such a Disney thing. When you're waiting for things at Disney world, they will put up like a trivia quiz. Oh my God. <laughs> I love like, that. This movie, what year did this movie come out in or something? So like, they'd be like, let's play the clip. And then it would be like, Dumbo came out in what year? Like they wouldn't show it on the public live stream so oh my God, that i'm so <laughs> that is so my thing i'm so easily entertained i'm like wait tri- trivia <laughs> yes but as part of this they made a ton of announcements about new star wars content that's coming out and i don't think anyone had any idea what to expect like no it was known that there were a few things in production 
But at the beginning of the call, they announced that there were going to be 10 new Star Wars projects coming to Disney Plus over the next few years, in addition to 10 Marvel projects and like 15 others. Like, it, it was so overwhelming, the amount of content they announced. But they announced new shows in addition to what we already knew about. So we already knew about the Obi-Wan series, which is going to be a limited series. Makes sense. We already knew about Bad Batch, spinoff from Clone Wars. We knew about the Leslie Headland show, although we didn't have any details about it, just that that was in production. And what am I missing? Cassian Andor. We knew about that as well. In addition, they announced two new series that are going to take place during the Mandalorian timeline, one of which is going to be Ahsoka. Mm. And then the other is... Oh, the Rangers one, right? Yeah, the other, the other is Rangers of the Old Republic. Don't know what that's about. Excited Sounds, for it, though. I am not excited for it, so I'm interested to hear you say that. Somebody <laughs> commented that it sounds like a cop show, which it kind of does. And I am a sucker for cop shows, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm actually not watching one right now. Okay, wait, not, we're talking like comedy cop shows, like Psych is something oh, I okay. Enjoy. I don't know. Like, I mean, I have, there's no nine, nine. There's absolutely no information on the show other than the title. If it were going to be that, like, oh my God, imagine if yeah. it were a comedy show with the Stormtroopers, I would watch that. Yes, exactly. I mean, if we're talking like hardcore cop shows, like cops, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know cops uh, I don't know. NCIS, like those types of cop shows. I don't even know. Those are cop shows I don't watch. That could be interesting. I don't know if that's what the intent is, but I'm interested. (laughs) I just sucked that in. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be like Psych, except with Star Wars. That'd be amazing. Grim. We'll see, I guess. So other shows that they announced were Star Wars Visions, which is going to be a series of animated shorts from Japanese anime creators, which I'm really excited about. I don't know if anyone else in the world is excited about this, but I am. I feel like there's a contention of fans who would be excited about that i would be interested can't say i'm excited the leslie headland show was described i guess for the first time as being a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era Hmm. that seems interesting does seem interesting. So I think the show that we were both most excited about is they announced a Lando, mm-hmm. what they call an event series, and there's literally no other information about it. Like, no information about which era it's set in, no information about if it's animated or live action. It better be live action. It better be Donald Glover. Agreed. Agreed. I really hope it is. I was so excited when they announced that. Yes. Especially considering, like, we've been watching Community, which has Donald Glover in it. And he's amazing. He's amazing. I just want to watch that man all day long. So here's hoping that it is live action and starring him. 
And then we also got some more details on the shows that had already been announced. So they apparently showed a sizzle reel for the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series that was not shown to the public. So I don't know what was in that. But they also announced that Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I mean, I'm excited a little bit. I am actually excited. I'm intrigued. And they did did publicly show a sizzle reel for Andor, which is the Cassian Andor Rogue One prequel show. Oh, okay. I was like, Andor doesn't ring any bells with me, but I have not seen Rogue One yet. That's why. You will be watching very soon. Yes. But I am also excited for that because it's described as a spy thriller. So I'm intrigued by that. Yes. And also uh, kind of an update on the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie that I guess he's currently writing. That's really all we know, but I'm very excited for that. Me too. Me too. This is like a... Oops, sorry. Uh, just kicked my dog. Um, it's a lot of content, and I'm very thrilled that like this is all coming our way. This yeah. is like well, so much. Like I'm, in, I'm imagining like future episodes where we talk about all these things, and it's I very know exciting. there's gonna be plenty for us to discuss. And I haven't even gotten to what I would consider to be the biggest announcement, which is that there is a theatrical Star Wars release coming Christmas 2023. It is a Rogue Squadron movie, and it is going to be directed by Patty Jenkins. Nice. So I really liked Wonder Woman. I hear that Wonder Woman 1984 is amazing, and I'm really excited to watch that. And I'm really excited that we're getting a woman Star Wars director. Yes. Exactly. So, I mean, that's it. Not that that's it, because that's a lot. But we're going to have Star Wars content coming for the next few years, coming pretty fast. So, we will be around. We will be (laughs) here. All these things. Exactly. Okay, so I have to preface this discussion by saying that we both watched the original Star Wars holiday special from 1978 for the very first time. Obviously, as a Star Wars fan, I was aware of it, but I had always heard how awful it was and so had never watched it. But because we now have a Star Wars podcast, I felt like we were obligated and we wanted to do a holiday special of our own, so we watched it. And yeah. I don't know if we watched the same version on YouTube or not, Loya. I was trying to watch the version that's on there with the original commercials because what? I, really, I really wanted to see them, but it was the quality was so bad that I couldn't watch it. So then I ended up watching, I think it was titled like Star Wars Holiday Special good copy or something like that yeah i think that's the one i watched although it was the favorite i like i bookmarked it on this computer i wonder if i can like find that um i deleted it as soon as 
watched because <laughs> I was like, I never want to see this again. Um, let's see here. I'll add also, I told my sister that I was watching it for the first time and she was just like oh my god are you serious you've never seen it and I was like no and I'm scared and she was like you should be wait she had seen it yes because my brother-in-law is a huge Star Wars fan and he had seen it and he was watching it the other day my sister sent me a picture of you like willingly rewatched that they were rapping and it was on the tv and I was like are you watching the Star Wars holiday special right now she's like oh yeah he is I'm like why are you willingly watching this I cannot comprehend that like I watched that with Darth Brooks because I wouldn't have made it otherwise. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, nice copy. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, That's the one to watch if you feel like you need to watch the holiday special. On YouTube. Find nice copy on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, we we in all full disclosure, we had to drink a little bit to get through this. So, we had half a beer. Uh <laughs> what was called a bramble which is like a gin uh, lemon and something else and then a shampooed manhattan that was like way too strong incidentally um no regrets though (laughs) because uh we went to made it otherwise as i said we had gotten takeout and as part of that we got a cranberry pomegranate winter sangria and i was on my second glass of that while i was watching this I feel like it yep. helped. It did help. It did help. Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, we should we should get into the All right. nuts and bolts. <laughs> so it opens up on Kashyyyk. With... Well, it's actually Kazook, because this was before Kashyyyk. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I. this was all part of the trivia I was looking up, because I was like, I swear they're not saying Kashyyyk. Uh, it was Kazook or something like that. Uh, well, Kashyyyk is an improvement. Yes. But anyway, they're on Chewie's home planet. Chewie's not there. And I don't even, like, really know what they're doing. They're just... They had appliances. Like, it was yeah. so weird. It was like you were in a living room in the 1970s, and there were these Swookies there. And it was just very, very disconcerting. That was, like, my first reaction is just, like, why are there appliances? It was also very disconcerting for me because the first thing I thought when I saw their decor was House on the Rock. Oh, God. Because there was just carpet everywhere. There was. There was a lot of carpet. And if you have not been to House on the Rock, don't count go. yourself fortunate. Don't go. Don't go. Because it's I'm a convinced. To hell. I'm convinced that it's a literal portal to hell. Yeah. Loya yeah. and I went there together, and it was like, <laughs> like it was People unlike any other experience I've ever had in a really bad way. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I like. It was so weird because we're like we're walking through it, and we're both like agog at how like horrific it is and everyone else is just like oh my god isn't this exciting da, 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 da. and I'm just yeah. like it's just no, like a normal like family outing like they're just like let's go to house on the rock and it's like couples no. with children they're just like oh look at this and we're just like oh my god like this this is like diabolical <laughs> like vortex I don't know like yeah, yeah. American so gods not wrong that is definitely like 
a source of power for the gods and they will come through that portal one of these days and it will be horrific and awful. So new. Yeah. New. Anyway, those not good vibes for Chewie's family's house to have. Really, really bad vibes, in fact. That there were no subtitles. Like Darth Brooks commented on that. He's like, there aren't any subtitles. This is just Wookiees roaring at each other. That was like literally had. (laughs) Like Like, 10 minutes of that was extremely rough. Yeah. I have what the F lumpy (laughs) as my second comment. And then no subtitles so far. So bad. Yeah, I have a uh, note about the subtitles and how I just wanted it to be over because, like, I could not take Wookiee Roars for that long with no idea what anyone was saying. And then at different pitches, different, yeah. like, roaring sounds. Like, yeah. So I had, like, later on, I had found a trivia point. Let's see if I can find it here where it was talking about where they got the sounds from. Um, so Mala and Itchy's vocalizations were from recordings of bears and lions at Olympic Game Farm in Washington. Uh, for Lumpy's vocalizations, he used a recording of a baby bear at the San Diego Zoo. So Lumpy is straight up baby bear, and it is awful. It is the worst. Like, Lumpy was very hard for me as a character because he's awful. <laughs> I feel like everyone was hard for me as a character, with maybe the exception of Mala. Like, she was, oh, was fine. Okay. Although she was constantly hacking at something with, like, an axe. I wasn't sure what she was doing. Yeah. And I would agree with your comments about uh, Itchy. Why is his name Itchy? And then also he is... His chin is just... Everything about Itchy is disturbing and frightening, like, from the get-go, and then it just gets worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, we're introduced to this Wookiee family, which apparently was, like, George Lucas's idea from, like, the get-go. And he was, like, very insistent on this Wookiee family. Um, which, I've, I mean, again, I've played KOTOR, and I've interacted, I've been on Kashyyyk, and it's been full of Wookiees, and it was not that bad. Um, so I don't know why this was. Well, no, because it wouldn't be Wookiees living in a 1970s hell house, so. (laughs) You're right. That is why it wasn't that bad. And also, like, the the pitches weren't as discordant or whatever the musical term is, the correct musical term is. And then I think before we transition to the next, like, skit, I guess, or scene, however to describe, like, how it transitions, Lumpy goes and walks on this railing, like, in a fit of peak. Yes, that was Um, horrifying. I know. I was like, what is this child doing? Like, get off the railing. Get off the railing. Uh, And I had written, this is a terrible idea to walk on this railing, and Lumpy is the worst. There are going to be a lot of comments about Lumpy. Uh, both Darth Brooks and I were, like, very... <laughs> I mean, he got the baby bear right. We're going to try to splice in his vocalizations at the beginning. I hope you're down with that, because it is hilarious to me. Okay. <laughs> and then 
there's a circus scene to like distract Lumpy from being a petulant child, even though he seems like he should be beyond that phase. Yeah, so he has what is essentially the Jarek board, except it summons acrobats. And I guess. <laughs> something about this whole thing was weirdly nostalgic for me, and I don't know why. Like, I feel like there was something that I watched as a child that employed the same technology of just, like, superimposing (laughs) miniaturized (laughs) people on something, and I have no idea what that was. But something about it was just like, oh, yes, like, this is my childhood, and I don't know why. However, it was also extremely bizarre. I felt like... The music was very, like, original yeah. Epcot. And my other note is about people in orange fursuits with bikini briefs over them. I couldn't even tell you what the color those outfits were. Like, I was just like, what is this? Like, there was no nostalgia for me. I was just like... My comment is, was George Lucas high during this circus scene? And... In all fairness, that is incorrect, because at this point, George Lucas was not involved in this production and should not, therefore, receive any disparagement or criticism. So, yeah. At this point, I'm pretty sure I told George Brooks I need another drink. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to make it. So, yeah. And then I wrote (laughs) multiple swear words, lumpy his eyes. Um, because his eyes were just like, uh, he was played, I was convinced he was played by an adult man. That was not true. He was played by Patty Malone, who was an adult woman. And apparently she lost a ton of weight during the production of this because the costume was so like heavy and hot that, and also like the filming conditions weren't great. So she suffered and I feel for her. So I'm, I'm sorry for you, Patty Malone. Um, and then from the circus scene, as I skip around madly, uh, we encounter Luke. Yeah, so I guess they call Luke to try and find out where Chewie is. And he's just like, I don't know. And uh, pretty much my one note about this is that they call him and he answers and he's like, what's up? Yeah. And like a very artificially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in the opening credits when they were like introducing like everyone who was in this, which was everyone, which was amazing to me, um, there was a comment made about Luke looking like Ellen DeGeneres, which kind of, I don't know. Um, So I wrote that down and then I wrote the hair and makeup is intense. Yeah. And so I was, when I saw Mark Hamill's makeup, I was just like, who in the world did this makeup what is happening how did anyone think that this looked good however i did not realize that this was filmed after mark hamill's severe car accident yeah so i have to i guess have some understanding of the fact that he may have needed more makeup than usual so I guess I can't disparage it too much, but it is very, very intense. Intense. Yeah. I didn't even know Mark Hamill was in a car accident. So like Darth Brooks mentioned this and I was like, what? I'm sorry, Mark Hamill. And then 
apparently so i have the next part as being gramanda but there was something in an interlude in between where like the imperials showed up um and because i had a comment here that says these imperials are rough and how did they get james earl jones to do this so there must have been like an interlude with like oh yeah i think it was like an interlude with darth vader sending them to yeah find the rebels yeah and then we proceed to mala getting ready for the life day feast and she's watching a video of Gormanda, which is Harvey Corman, who I knew from watching Carol, the Carol Burnett show as a kid. I don't know if you ever watched the Carol Burnett show. So my mom loves the Carol Burnett show. Yeah. However, that doesn't mean that I have actually watched it. I maybe have seen one or two episodes. And when I was watching this, they kept introducing all these celebrities and yeah. I had absolutely no idea who they were, which I guess is to be expected because I'm not living in 1978. But <laughs> I just kept coming back to the question, like, who was the intended audience for this? Was so, it kids that had seen Star Wars and were like, yay, a new Star Wars thing for me to watch? Or was it adults? that were watching sitcoms and variety shows and wanted to see these 50-plus celebrities on the special? I think it's both. Because, like, in my research, it's, like, a recurring theme was that um, the writers were wonderful writers. I have a quote from someone from oral history. But they were Carol Burnett writers. In the litany of George's work, there was never kitsch. So it does, like, with that kind of, like, framework, it makes more sense to me because this was this was essentially a skit in the Carol Burnett show. Like, except in Star Wars. Does not work. No. It's terrible. Although this part was my most enjoyable part. So... I grew up watching the Carol Burnett show because my parents liked it when they were growing up, I guess. And that's not quite the same time frame. I guess they liked it as adults. But actually, I hadn't seen any episodes for a long time. And I went over to my parents' house, like, I don't know, last year. And they're like, oh, you should stay and watch. It was insanely awkward so it didn't help that, like, the particular episode they chose involved Carol, Carol Burnett, like, standing in front of the audience and taking questions. Because it was just, like, maybe very aware that, like, things have changed since the 1970s. Um, like, a lot. In a good way. <laughs> so, like, at one point, this, like, per- this lady in the audience is just like, what are your measurements? And I'm like, What? You are not asking her that question. Like, what the? And Carol Burnett was very gracious about it. And she made it into a joke. And she, like was joking around about how like her being like a pear and flats and stuff and which is still kind of awkward and I was not a fan of it but it was also just like I don't know if I could watch the show with as much enjoyment now being an adult that I did as a kid because like as a kid you don't think too hard about things at least I didn't and a lot of the stuff just went over my head so yeah it was this coming on the heels of that, not quite on the heels, but like following that, just made me like not want to watch the Kill Burnett show because Harvey Corman in this, like Gormanda was my favorite part, but it was also not great. And I think it was actually intended to be a Julia Child yes. parody. It was definitely a Julia Child parody. And I was at that point, just screaming along with him. <laughs> stir, whip, stir, whip, stir, stir, whip. Um, whip, whip, stir, sorry. 
as I said, this was my favorite part of this. <laughs> Something about that was like very entertaining to me. I did appreciate the stir whip, stir whip thing. I feel like yes. I want to do that when cooking now. And I do enjoy that it just became so completely unhinged. Yes. But it was weird. Like, again, it didn't really work. It was just it was, weird. It was, this was the one that was, like, most easily for me, like... You could see the background into being, like, this was a Carol Burnett writer writing for Harvey Corman in a skit. Like, this was very linear to me in a way that the other ones just kind of, like, were were not. <laughs> like, this worked-ish. Like, it wasn't <laughs> More great. so than other things. More so than other things. Yes. Let me just rephrase that. Still entertaining to me. So at least I came away with that. But then, then, like... It just goes downhill. I feel like this was like the highlight for me. And then after this, it was just like, this is the apex. And then (laughs) straight down. Because then we get Art Carney, who I didn't know. So Art Carney is playing San Dan, I guess is the character's name. I honestly could not keep them straight. It's like, Gramondo is like the only one. I felt so... (laughs) To give some context, Art Carney was in The Honeymooners, which ran from 1955 to 1956, well before our time. And then he was in Harry and Tonto, a movie I didn't know existed, um, in 1974. And he won an Academy Award for Best Actor. So I, like, literally no idea who this man was. I felt like he gave it his all. And he was, like, game for things in a way that, like, I felt bad for him. I'm like, he's a trooper. Yes, he was just terribly miscast. I like I don't even know what they were trying to achieve. I don't either. Like he was just so like just not it took me out of it because he was so not Star Wars. Like it was just like if my neighbor a <laughs> 65-year-old man like in his normal clothes that he wears every day <laughs> entered the Star Wars universe and was just like hanging out with people. I feel like he he was a little bit I could I could see him as a character in Star Wars because like you know you just get these like casual shopkeeper like he was a casual shopkeeper to me but then later on it just got worse I think it was the glasses the glasses were just so normal and it just uh, threw me out of it so he brings everyone into his family a present. When he first started passing them out, I thought that somebody was getting a mouse droid. Which, why would they be? But for a second, I was really excited. <laughs> However, once he actually distributed the presents. Oh, God, weird. I was not. So I had heard Diane Carroll is... Mermea? Mermea? Mermea. Mermea. Um, and I had at least heard of her. She was... I knew her as a singer, but in actuality, she was best known for Julia, which was a TV show that aired from 1968 to 1971, and it's considered, like, a way for, like... It was a, a huge deal for a Black woman to be, like, cast in a major starring role, and then later on, she was actually in White Collar and Grey's Anatomy. 
So uh, my mom also loves Julia. I don't think I've ever seen that show, but that no. was a show that she watched as a teenager that I know she really liked. Yeah. I have been watching Grey's Anatomy during quarantine. We're now on like season, I don't even know, 13. And so when I looked up who she was in Grey's Anatomy, I was like, oh, it's Brooke's mom. So that's really all I know Diane Carroll from. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she at this point, like, this is well after Julia. Um, and so she is a legitimate acclaimed actress who decided to do this. And originally, it wasn't even supposed to be Diane Carroll. It was supposed to be Cher, who yeah. was cast. But she had to ultimately decline the role due to a surgery. Yeah. I feel like anyone cast in this role is not, it's just, yeah, selling them short because basically like it was set up to be this, <laughs> I think the prompt to the actor was like, imagine this is like the most X-rated material you've ever seen. And like, there was a comment like in the oral history that we had read where it was just like, this is supposed to be like softcore porn on TV and it gets really weird. It is so, so uncomfortable. Yep. Darth Brooks had me write down a quote. Uncle Stinky watches VR porn in the living room because it was just so... It's like he rewinds multiple times where, he's, where she's like, I adore you. And he like... And then he's like making these noises in the living room. In the living room. I'm just... It was, it was highly uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it wasn't explicit in any way. Like, there was no nudity. There was no explicit language. It but was it his is, reaction. It is, yeah. It was his reaction and also the words that they had Mermea say. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just I created so, this for you. Yeah. It was so incredibly sexual. Yep. Like, I don't even know how they made it that overtly sexual without it being explicit in other ways. Like, it was truly a feat, and I don't know why why it was in this holiday special. Yeah, my subsequent comment was, I finally understand why George Lucas <laughs> um, wanted this to never see the light of day. And it said, I wrote, I finally understand George Lucas in one area. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, just messed up. Yep. Yep. As I said, it just went downhill from Gramanda. And then Leia shows up. So, I mean, Leia is fine, I guess. She is high. She's so high. It was so depressing to me. I was just like, I know Carrie Fisher's been, had been out spoken about her this time period for her but like it was just like there was there was no there was no one there like I was just like snapping my fingers I mean like I could Leia was gone like Carrie Fisher was not present like whatever was going on with her like her body was there and she was not there she was totally checked out yeah that was a downer well she may have been checked out but I also do feel like she sounded concerned about Mala. <laughs> like yeah. she was talking to Mala and she was I guess talking to her about Saw and Dan being there and she was like, Can he come to the screen? Where is he? Like 
<laughs> sounded like she thought that <laughs> Mala was like under duress. Like, are you okay? Who is this person that's in your house? And then before we get to the next segment, apparently there was a scene with Harrison Ford and I wrote, is Harrison drunk too? Because he seems so like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and then I wrote, this is depressing. Lumpy is the worst. Uh-oh, Nazis. Um, <laughs> I like how everything just ends with Lumpy is the worst. I couldn't even tell you what Lumpy was the worst for at this point because I like deliberately blocked it from my mind. But I do remember like then the stormtroopers show up at the house and they are harassing Mala and her family. And then San Dan comes and like tries to distract one of them with a music box, I guess, like a virtual experience sort of thingy. And it ends up showing Jefferson's starship. Which apparently you didn't know that Jefferson's starship was I a real band. I had no idea. I wrote down, I don't know if Jefferson's Jefferson starship <laughs> is a real band. <laughs> and then Darth Brooks was like, oh yes, yes, it is a real band. It is a very real band. And I, it was brand new information to me. Yeah, they are uh, the evolution of Jefferson Airplane. Means nothing to me. <laughs> Go ask Alice. Somebody uh, to love. Somebody to love. Not the Queen song. Oh, no. They're like, they were like a psychedelic rock band. <laughs> I, I mean, I believe it. Okay. It, but... uh, we, we grew up with very different music. <laughs> In it, Like, my issue is my dad and my mom have very specific tastes. And so, like, I obviously grew up with Carol Burnett, but I was not exposed to, like, many, many, many other things. <laughs> and just, like, I know who The Clash was, but, like, many, many other things I did not. So there's just, like, these, like, very narrow bands of knowledge on my, on my part. Well, I liked this segment. I liked the song. I was so distracted at this point that I was I I was just like, why? <laughs> why is this here? What is happening? This is like a bright spot for me because I was like getting into the music. I enjoyed the Imperial officer watching it and I had a flashback to Crash Landing on You mm-hmm. <laughs> where the North Korean, one of the North Korean officers was watching like K dramas. It it felt similar watching Forbidden yeah, Entertainment. I wanted to leave. I was just like, <laughs> you're just sitting here enjoying this and like while you're like harassing this poor innocent family. There that is can't. also, I just saw very recently someone made a mashup of scenes from Mandalorian, scenes from chapter <gasps> actually with this jefferson starship song and it was good oh my gosh you should have included this like yeah we should we'll, we'll put, post that link on the we will post that link on the website because that sounds incredible starwarsleepover.com and then we get into a cartoon okay i loved this cartoon <laughs> I, it was so weird. I felt like I should have so been high. Weird. Like, I yes. should have been high for watching that. I don't get high, not because I'm morally opposed to it. My body just does not want it. 
and it's sad to me. So I was not high, but it was so psychedelic and weird and like R2-D2 was like bending. I don't know. I, I do not thought like it was that. amazing. I want like prints of stills of this cartoon. I want a poster. Like I loved the aesthetics of it. That is so interesting to me. I hated all of it. I was like, this is obviously not a water planet. This is viscous liquid. Droids should not move like that. Why are there dinosaurs? And why does Boba Fett continually call everyone friend? Like, I was just <laughs> so over, like, every aspect. And Han Solo in this was, like, oh my God. the no, yeah. worst. Yeah, that was not good. Everything else I liked. But I don't know what was going on with Han Solo's face. Yep. Yep. At that point, I was, like, well over it. I, <sighs> yeah. It is the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yes, I didn't know that. It's very interesting. Yeah, I also thought that was very interesting. He has the um, the same weapon in The Mandalorian, too, which, like, they introduced and, like, canonized. Yeah, I didn't trust him. I didn't like him. I didn't like any of this. <laughs> I was so confused as to why there was an animated skit, and I was confused as to why Lumpy felt the need to hide it from the Imperial troopers. I would say this was my favorite part of the special. (laughs) That's so interesting. The dinosaur, why were there dinosaurs? I don't know. I don't know why there was a dinosaur, but I liked that there was a dinosaur. This wasn't my least favorite part, but this was, like, again, continuing the downward spiral for me. I feel like I was just like, this is a cartoon. It doesn't need to make sense. I don't care what implications it may or may not have for anything else. Like, it was just unique and interesting. Yeah. I feel like this is, like... Mm. Okay, maybe... Maybe higher up there. I'm just thinking, like, of everything that's below it. I'm like, well, if you consider all that, it's maybe middle to high on my end. Below it would be the VR experience for Itchy. So wrong. Um, Subsequent things that we're going to talk about. And then the circus is also below it. And... (laughs) The screaming, scream Wookiees at the beginning is also below it. Uh, Luke is also below it. Yeah. Yes. So maybe it's not as bad as I thought, but I was not a fan. But then we go into the worst offense that the Imperial Stormtroopers are doing at this point, which is they, they're very polite in some respects, and then they go upstairs and they trash Lumpy's room. And... Then he goes to check out his gift from Sondan, and he discovers a transmitter, I guess. He, like, assembles a transmission transmission device, but it involves Har- Harvey Corman again. Yeah. Well, I don't know why they thought that this was, like, such a great device to use was to have a video of someone explaining how to do something with a character in the show watching them do it like this was the worst like lumpy in general is the worst but also this was like terrifying to me was harvey corman just like 
being a being whose body would like subsequently shut down and him just going like was seriously so scary to me I just have like horrified faces for like lines and lines on my notes and I wrote this is effing terrifying what in the actual f god Harvey Corman what the f (laughs) yeah I also definitely wrote what in the actual f a few times yeah this was this was the lowest point for me for sure this is also after this point is when I just started getting bored. Yeah, because then also it transitions to these like mandatory viewings and life on Tatooine, which is just like, oh my god, no wonder the stormtroopers were insane. Like, if you had to like watch this, man, like you were required to watch these, I would just be insane because like this. <sighs> Here's a question though: yes. Why would you be required to watch a cantina? I don't know. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. It was Harvey Corman again. This yeah. May have ruined Harvey Corman for me. I, um, I hope to never watch Harvey Corman again. Yeah. I know. He's actually pretty hilarious in the Carol Burnett show. So he plays a character who has a hole in his head, which I also wrote as terrifying. It is terrifying. I, I was not a fan of that. And then I also had a comment that there were Duros. <laughs> And I was like, yay. I have a comment about how there was an alien that's just a giant cute rat. Oh my god, I missed that. It was cute. Oh, I'm sad now. That would have been nice. There was also someone who looked like they were wearing a Michael Myers mask. What? I missed that too. I was just not paying attention to B. Arthur and... (laughs) I was waiting for you to say how to... Your name. So like I've never be Arthur. Be Arthur. I never watched Golden Girls. I've never seen an episode. I have seen some of Golden Girls. However, Golden Girls was not out at this point. So what Be Arthur was known for was All in the Family and Maud. They described her as being exactly like Maud. Like as an actress, she was Maud. Apparently she didn't realize that she was in Star Wars. She just thought she was what? singing. Yeah, no, she thought she was singing to a, a room full of like rubber-headed creatures. She had like no concept of like who they were or what it was supposed to be. So they hired her and they're like, "This is Star Wars," and she was just like, "Okay, I don't know what that is." Yeah, and apparently she got really irritated when she had to do like subsequent takes, and she would be like, "What did I do wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand. I, I, if I was more assertive, I would also question that. But yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't, like, it just felt very, <laughs> and like, not even, like, the Arthur was that old at this point. Like, I think she was in her 50s, so, I mean, she, it's not like she was young, but it just, like, had this real things my grandparents used to watch vibe. Like, my grandparents used to watch the Lawrence Welk show. I and, don't know what that is. Oh, actually, look it up. It's like the most <laughs> old school. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a variety show. Like I think they had skits, they had songs, but it's it's like a big band era show where like they had the band where like they all had those little stalls. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think if I 
look it up. I will. Um. It's like the quintessential old person show. Like, I don't think they were old when it originally was on, but, like, my great-grandmother used to watch it, and it just felt like that. If anyone has watched the Lawrence Luck show, I feel like you know what I'm saying. If you have not, because why would you have, then I'm sorry. I'll have to look it up and then link to it. It's on the website. StarWarsSleepOver.com Read um, about the Lawrence Luck show on StarWarsSleepOver.com It ran from 1951 through 1982. That is a long time. I feel like my mom has actually mentioned this now that you say that. Not that I knew what she was talking about, so that's not helpful. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Lawrence Welk was a band leader. He was a musician, accordionist, a band leader, and television impresario. His style came to be known to his large audience of radio, television, and live performance fans and critics as champagne music, if that gives you any sense of what it's like i did write in terms of like this it was good good night but not goodbye i was saying i missed ethel merman and edith pf because via arthur had uh, kind of like brassy like like there's no business like show <laughs> business sort of thing going on and yeah i appreciated her singing voice although i was not in favor of Harvey Corman in literally any part of this. No. So then after those mandatory viewings, um, we transition to the conclusion of the original holiday special. So <laughs> Han Solo and Chewie arrive, spoilers, in time for Life Day. But was it just me or were there some like weird glances between Han and Mala? It got, it got kind of uh, weird. I did not notice that, I yeah. must admit. Yeah. He's just, and, there, and then, like, I, someone said, I don't know who, have a nice life day. <laughs> it was very awkward. And there was a look between Mala and Han, and then we had written, who is Lumpy's real dad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, Harrison Ford, at least as always, was attractive, so you had to look at Harrison Ford, and it was kind of cute when he was interacting with Lumpy. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about this. So, in the oral history, the, uh, the one I keep referring to, which we will link to on our website, they, like, interviewed different people involved with the production and everything, and they were talking about Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, we're doing a scene where Ford was saying the Millennium Falcon. He just wanted to get his lines done. He made that very clear, which was very clear. It was very, <laughs> very clear. And so they quoted him as saying, can we just do this? How long is this going to take? And then he had said in 2011 that it was in my contract. That there was no known way to get out of it. And yeah, yeah. To be fair, I feel like this is Harrison's Ford, Harrison Ford's attitude towards all of Star Wars. But yet he's just signed up for the fifth Indiana Jones. I'm like, what, the fourth wasn't bad enough? Like, anyway. uh, That's why I was so shocked that he came back for the sequel trilogy, because it was well known that he just wanted to be done with it after A New Hope. Like, he wanted Han to be killed off. Yeah. And 
anytime he's asked about Star Wars, he's just like, so I I don't know. I don't get it. I wrote Harrison Ford doesn't give it. Ever. Uh, Ever. (laughs) So, yeah. This was pretty obvious in this last scene. Um, He seemed slightly more animated than he was previously. It got kind of weird. And then he, like, pieces out, I guess. He pieces out, but then he's back later. Yeah. I don't, I didn't understand that. I don't understand. So the next thing that happens is a tree of life ceremony, correct? (laughs) Yeah. Then they're all there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to talk about them killing that stormtrooper. It was um, B4711, and he gets pushed off the railing that, like, apparently was, like, perfectly fine when Lumpy was walking on it, but then, like, breaks enough for the stormtrooper to, like, (laughs) fall to his death. They're like, oh, (laughs) oh, well. And then Sandan says that he tried to steal from him, and the stormtroopers just accept that as fact. So poor B4711 just dies and no one cares. And then we get to the Tree of Life. So the really important part, they just, like, book it. Yeah. So then they're all there. Like, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, R2, and C-3PO. Where are they, first of all? They're on an empty empty (laughs) starship. They're on an empty stage with candles because the, the production ran out of money. But okay, this is legit. well, that explains some things. <laughs> yeah. But they look like they're in a cult. Agreed. They're all wearing red robes and holding orbs and just, like, walking towards oblivion. Yep. And then C-3PO makes some comment about how great Life Day is. And he says, I wish, R2 and I wish that we were more than mechanical beings. Which yeah. is depressing. It is. It is. And then they, like, ascend through the tree. So I wrote Life Day Candles, question mark, exclamation points, what the what, red robes. And my final comment was, oh, Carrie. Because then she sings. I was very concerned about her singing. So I feel like I had very, very extremely low expectations and it was not as bad as I thought it would be. Her mom though, whose name I'm blanking on is Debbie was, Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, right? Yeah. I was like, she's got this, but at the same time, like she was still high as <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But the song was weird. Like her singing was not that bad. But the song was well, original lyrics about Life Day that were terrible, and it also was, like, a quasi-remix of the Star Wars score. Yeah. But so often it would just, like, throw in bits of the score. It was bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, like, when I was quoting the lyrics at the beginning of this episode, a day of joy we can all share together joyously is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst, like... That is just awful. And then to to live, to laugh, to dream, to grow, to trust, to love, to be, to blah. Like, way too many infinitives. I'm not um, sure why anyone had to sing. No. 
At Apparently all. they wanted Luke to sing because Mark Hamill is quoted as saying in 2014, I thought it was a mistake from the beginning. It was just unlike anything else in the Star Wars universe. And I also said that I didn't want think Luke should sing. So they cut that number. And I'm just like, no, Luke should not sing. No one should sing. There should be no singing. Also, yeah. the writers were using cocaine, which makes a ton of sense. There we go. That's it. That's it. So in addition to watching the original holiday special we also watched the new one yes this is the lego Legos. holiday special that was released actually for life day which is november 17th so i had mentioned that to darth brooks and he's like well how do you know what date it is i'm like i i, I don't know and then i realized it's the day that the holiday special was released <laughs> so yes it was released for Life Day. It incorporated some things about the holiday special, which was famously not talked about, except for Carrie Fisher, who had a copy and used it to play at parties when she wanted people to leave, which I feel like <laughs> would have been very effective. Yeah, that is amazing. I also can't believe that your brother, brother-in-law, like, willingly plays it, because that is totally... Yeah, I'll have to ask him about that. So we start off this with uh, Ray teaching Finn, which I thought was a nice touch. Like, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. I am glad that they continued on with his being force sensitive and that he is learning to, if, I don't want to say to be a Jedi, because I mean. We'll see. We'll see. I would, I would love it if they're just not Jedi anymore. And we yeah. moved beyond that. I don't know if that's what's happening here, but I do appreciate that Ray is helping him. I thought that was a good, like, more progress versus her just burying lightsabers in the sand and calling herself Skywalker and Tatooine, which was pretty depressing. And then also, I had no idea what Tippy Up was. <laughs> they mentioned it a lot in this. And I realized that is at Disney World. It's like, we can go and get Tippy Up. You can. Yes. They have, they have, I think it might be in your cookbook too. It is. Yeah. I'm sure it's not the same because everything yeah. in that cookbook is not yeah. actually the Disney version, which is kind of disappointing, but it is. it's still good. The recipes are still good. Yeah. I still haven't made that um, Parwan Nutri cakes. Those were good. Too. But speaking of Disney and galaxy's edge yeah. food i think honestly my favorite part of this holiday special and i don't know what this says about it was the running joke about luke drinking blue milk constantly no <laughs> that did not land with me i oh it definitely did for me i was laughing hysterically <laughs> It's like the fact he's drinking out of a carton too, and he's got kind of like the total got milk like lip all the time. Um, I don't know why I found it hilarious, but like all these dramatic things were happening. <laughs> it's just his blue milk. My favorite part was like Obi Wan being like, "Oh, hello, hello, hello," and they're like all in sync. I enjoyed that. My least favorite parts were the Emperor. Hated the Emperor. Hated everything about the Emperor. And then I was not a fan of Kylo Ren in this. Um, and I, I sincerely doubt Adam Driver would be either. <laughs> yeah, that didn't really land no. for me. Like, no. I appreciated at first that they brought the shirtless Kylo Ren 
into it, but then it just it just didn't work. I don't think to try to make Kylo Ren. I, see, I can't even say that that it doesn't work to try to make Kylo Ren comedic because Adam Driver did it. Yes, yes, he did. I don't know. It like I feel like that entire segment with like the Emperor Darth Vader and Kylo Ren just like fell completely flat for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I did appreciate Rose being present and like her very setting influence. And I also enjoyed like Lando and being like, please be a cape, which was in the trailer, (laughs) which was amazing in real life or in the movie. And then I also liked (laughs) Poe just being like so prone to tears. I was, I was fine with that. I'm like, you know, this makes him more endearing. Although apparently Zori, like I was like, why is Zori in this? But I don't mind Zori, but I I think we can just stop with the implied romance between she and Poe. Yep, agreed. And I was also fascinated by the fact like who made an appearance and who didn't. And so like the fact that the Mandalorian was there, but also no Padme, no Jar Jar, and no Ahsoka, I thought was interesting. I was I was intrigued by like the the possibilities opened up in this post Rise of Skywalker worlds and I was wondering like how much of those would actually be implemented in like any if any subsequent work. Unfortunately, I think the answer is none and also Lego yeah. Star Wars is not is not canon. canon. Yeah. It was I liked I liked the idea of like Ray moving beyond the ending. I agree. It was nice to see those characters after Rise of Skywalker, even if it was in a Lego special. I appreciated seeing them in their life beyond that. And again, probably the highlight of that was seeing Rey train Finn and their continued friendship and their friendship with others and just like building something beyond the end of that movie. And the emphasis, again, on failure. I also appreciated that, where they just kind of, like, recommitted to Ryan Johnson's view, where it's just, like, you know, it isn't just success. It's, like, introspection and learning from mistakes, which I appreciated. I would say, overall, I liked it. It was enjoyable. It was clearly targeted more towards kids, I would say. Yes. Although, you could argue that all of Star Wars is targeted towards kids, but... It just was, there's nothing complicated about it. It was just a cute holiday special. Yeah. I was expecting a little bit more in terms of the humor. Because I, like, I feel like in previous times where I've, we've played or I've played Lego games, it's been more on point, And this one definitely had like quite a few misses for me. So, yeah. My husband commented that it was like very corny, which I agree. I think it but was that's... more... It was more earnest yeah. than I expected it to be, I yeah. guess. And I feel like that's actually to its detriment because maybe, I don't know. It, like, Legos is generally corny, but I feel like it's usually more entertaining. But I haven't watched a lot of Lego Star Wars, but, for example, I love the Lego movie and I yeah. love Lego Batman. Like, that yes. is totally my sense of humor. And I laugh hysterically at those movies my husband does not he's just like I don't know why you like this and I didn't get that from this special yes I completely agree 
Well, that is it for today's show and our viewing of the Star Wars holiday special. Our intro and outro music is by Lobo Loco and our segment break music is by Poddington Bear. As always, you can find us on our website at starwarssleepover.com where we will have that link to the oral history if you want to check that out. It's very interesting. We're also on Twitter at SW Sleepover and on Instagram at Star Wars Sleepover. So follow us on social media because we are going to have a new season starting next month that we're starting to prepare for and we're really excited. So we hope you'll come back for that. So see you shortly and thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay healthy this holiday season. And may the force be with you.